I'm Dee Dee. And I'm Jen. And this is Murder on My Street. Okay, Jennifer, what street are we on tonight? Tonight, we are on the Monon High Bridge in Delphi, Indiana, on February 13th, 2017. We will be discussing the murders of Libby German and Abby Williams. I have never heard of these. Okay. You're going to be very sad when we get and also extremely angry okay but isn't that most of the cases we cover yeah exactly first though let's talk about how awesome libby and abby were personality wise they were polar opposites where libby was outgoing and loud and liked making people laugh and wanted to be friends with everyone Abby was more quiet and reserved and held back until she really got to know you. Libby was friends with everyone. Abby was known to be smiling all the time. They shared the same interests. They loved art and music. They both played saxophone in the band. Me too. Right? (laughs) There's a lot of similarities in this when drew and i were talking about this case when i was down in portland over the weekend he actually said you know it reminds me so much of you and Dee. oh god growing up because libby is a year older than abby the only difference is libby was totally into sports and neither one of us were (laughs) soccer and swimming and softball And she had convinced Abby to join her on the softball team this year. So this was going to be Abby's first year on the softball team. So this this case shakes me to the core on so many different levels. Having a parent who always, always knew where I was and what time I was expected back, because that kept me safe in both of our minds. This is just like Abby and Libby. They were dropped off. Their loved ones knew where they were. They had arranged a ride home at a specific time. They had done everything right. Mm -hmm. Everything. This happened during the day in broad fucking daylight. And monsters are supposed to come out at night, not during the day. Which... I know is naive and we know better now as adults, but I think as kids, you think the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. If you're at home, even now, like, okay, I feel safe when this, you know, it's light outside. Right. There's just something about it. Like, okay, well, there's no, you know, the, the monsters can't, you know, be in the light, but of course they are. That's why when I'm at home alone overnight, every light in the entire three-story house is on. Every Mm -hmm. light. Mm -hmm. I can't sleep in the dark when I'm alone. The light just feels safer. Yeah, I usually have like TV on or my iPad or something on if I'm by myself. But 
you know, I've also got a very nervous dog who barks at everything. So. Oh, that'll really mess with you too. Yeah. Yeah. I had a cat who would just randomly start talking to the wall. Okay. No. (laughs) No, that's, that's a problem. And that's the end. That's the end. That's like, the end. No, nope. no, this cat no. has to go. You're an, outdoor, but, you're an outdoor cat now. Goodbye. But what if that cat is the only thing keeping the bad spirits away and you just put that cat outside? Into the spirits in the wall? Hell no. Then you know what? The, then the cat can have the house. I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> I think that's a better idea. <sighs> There's safety in numbers. You mm-hmm. always think that. Always. Right? There were two of them. We expect to be safe together when there's two of you. (laughs) This happened on a hiking trail where we should be safe in nature, where the girls had been a hundred times before. And there were other people in the park. Mm -hmm. And also it reminds me of us. They're two best friends. They wouldn't leave each other. They would fight. I know that they did done all that they could to get away knowing it was their only hope. These girls were smart girls. They were into true crime as well. Wow. And Delphi, the community that they grew up in was a small community, just like ours Mm -hmm. in 2017. They had a population of 3000 57 people. Wow, very small. Right. So Liberty Rose Lynn German was 14, and she lived with her grandparents as her primary caregivers. Her parents were divorced. They were still very involved in her life. Even though her mom lived out of state, she spoke with Libby daily, usually Mm -hmm. twice a day. And Libby was a go-getter. She had so many interests. Mm -hmm. Her grandma says she wanted to be a science teacher. How sweet. She had an interest in true crime and finding clues and solving them. I love it. And she had attended different classes at Purdue University. What areas interested her most? Reading about her, she was like this whirlwind. She didn't like to sit still, it seemed like. And it sort of made me think of... The Tasmanian Devil cartoon where, yeah. you know, she just leaves a trail in her wake yeah. of, of shoes and socks and backpacks around the house when she was yeah. home. You always knew when Libby was there. Sounds like a typical teenager. Right. And her grandma says she was the family baker. Oh, I know she baked. She could whip up a batch of chocolate chip cookies in no time. And she always made sure to save her grandpa a few cookies when she was cooking for baking for everyone. How darling is that? And she used post-its to leave encouraging messages for her friends, her family. I can't even take it. I can't even. I'm not. I can't. I know. She was so amazing. Hard time to take this. Abigail Joyce Williams was 13 (laughs) and known for her smile. Her friends and loved ones called her Abby. She lived with her mom, who was allergic to cats. 
<laughs> Abby loved animals, and when she found a stray cat, she convinced her allergic mother to let her keep him. Oh, my God. <laughs> she named the cat Bongo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She had a big heart. She liked to make crafts for her friends, bracelets and paintings and bead crafts. She was also knitting tiny hats for newborns at the local hospital. Oh, my gosh. Right. These were just amazing, amazing girls. Abby wasn't just crafty. She was also sporty. She'd been on the volleyball team for three years before getting ready to join Libby on the softball team. And when she called her grandpa to let him know she was going to be on the softball team, he was so excited that he drove down to buy her a glove and a bat and then spent a few hours playing with her. She and Libby shared a love for photography and nature, and that's what led them to the Monon High Bridge Trail on that fateful day. So Sunday, February 12th, they weren't going to have school the next day. So these two best friends did what we like to do. They had a sleepover. They did crafts and they took silly videos of each other. Just two besties having a normal sleepover night. Right. Libby's sister says they ate pizza and they watched a movie. They stayed up pretty late. So on Monday, February 13th, the girls slept in. And when they got up, Livy's dad, Derek, made them pancakes. Oh, but he knows. He little daddy that cooks for his daughter and her friends. It melts my heart. Probably because my dad never cooked for us. <laughs> yeah, my dad He didn't still either. doesn't. His idea of cooking is he heats something in the microwave. <laughs> well, that's also my idea of cooking. I can think up with the best of them. I am a good heater upper. Well, Derek made one of Libby's favorites, banana bread pancakes. I don't care for bananas, but I do like a pancake. Do you not like the consistency of bananas? Is it the... I developed developed an allergy as I got older. I used to love bananas. And... I can't eat them. They just give me such terrible, like, stomach pain. It's terrible. It sucks. I can't even stand the smell of them now. The girls didn't have plans for that day. Libby burst in on her sister Kelsey in the bathroom and asked her if she wanted to take them to Monin High and hang out that day. But Kelsey had plans with her boyfriend, so she told her maybe the following day. Libby seemed okay with this answer, but later on, Libby would tell her grandma they were bored, and Becky said, if you file for me, I'll pay you, and maybe I'll even take you shopping to spend it later. So a filing, they did go. Okay. Because what teenage girls don't like to earn a little extra money to spend? Go go shopping, get some either more craft supplies or who knows clothes mm-hmm. once that was done they asked Becky if they could go to the Monon High Bridge Trail but Becky was still working and couldn't take them 
she told them if they could arrange for a ride there and back, they could go. Now, the high bridge was part of the Monin rail line, which was built in the 1890s. It crosses Deer Creek about 60 feet up from the water. The high bridge was part of the Monin rail line. I just said that. Jesus, God, Jenny, get some caffeine, girl. What's awesome is I I repeated that sentence twice and also the crosses the Deer Creek thing. It's Indiana's second longest and third highest railroad bridge. The last train ran across the line in the 1980s. It's known as a hangout for local teens. The trail is one Libby is familiar with, having spent a lot of time there with her sister. Looking at the bridge, I was thinking there's no way I ever would have gotten you to cross it. Are you kidding? Not, no. 60 feet no. up. You figure <laughs> it hasn't been maintained. So the boards are probably rotting. And people said, you know, it's really, you have to look down and watch your feet while you're walking. Because that's like a 60 foot drop. <laughs> that, there's just no way. There's no, absolutely no. 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 I wouldn't have been that adventurous. Um, no, I totally would have been back then, but you would not be able to get me across it today. Well, I would have been on the other side being like, Jenny, no, (laughs) (laughs) right. I just don't cross it. Yet there's no way I could go across it. Now my hike club, when they take even slightly sketchy trails, I just, I don't, I mean, I have to, cause everyone's going and it's not like I can go another way, but man, I hate that shit. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hiking. I'm not going to nobody's woods. Certainly not an abandoned rail. No, no, that all just sounds to me. That is a horror movie and I'm not doing it where <laughs> other people think, Oh, it's beautiful in nature. All I can think of is, people in the woods and then they hear something and they're like, what was that? No, run. No, don't. No, this isn't a, a caper that you're not investigating. Turn around and run. What was that? You guys, this isn't funny. That's all that that's every horror movie. You guys, this isn't funny. No. Mm-mm. Not out in the woods. Yeah, I don't think I would have gotten you on that trail or across I'm sure bridge. I'm sure these girls were like, this is what we do. This is our home. Right. We're not scared. This isn't why would why would I be nervous to go? We everybody goes. Right, exactly. Yeah, and like I said, when I was that age, I, I could totally see being down for the thrill of going across it. I mean, I used to love a good roller coaster, but now I think Space Mountain is about all you can get me on. I'm not going on any of it. I did any, my time. Anything beyond that is a little. I did my time. I did the teacups. We took Kira years ago. The teacups almost killed me. I'm like, I got to get off. Oh, my I, God. I, yeah. I'm going to die. <laughs> well, that's spinning in a circle till you puke. Yeah, man. I can't. It's hot. 
And she's go faster. And Steve's like, Haha, it's so funny. No, it's not funny anymore. Now I want to go back to the room. We just got here. <laughs> that should have been the last ride of the day. Although no, cause then it would have been definite puke oh, city. It was definitely one of the first ones. And uh, no, thank you. I just- and there's no good way in the park around that ride so that you could pretend that it's closed (laughs) yeah 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 even the okay even the little dumbo ride the thing the plane thing goes up and down i'm like get me off of this i can't it doesn't even go that high dd i can't i'm done i've no i need a drink and someplace cool to sit down you definitely would have noped out of this no it was absolutely not so Libby hits Kelsey up again for a ride and Kelsey tells them she can pick them up to drop them off there, but she can't go back and get them later because she has to work after she helps her boyfriend get his truck ready for sale. So Libby tells her grandma, okay, we have a ride to and from, even though they haven't secured their ride home yet. But she knows, she knows yeah. that she'll get, and she, she they're smart girls, they're not going to hitchhike, yeah. so they, they were going to have their ride, she knew, she knew exactly who would pick her up. So Kelsey picks the girls up at 1.30, she doesn't remember the exact drop-off time, but she does remember that she was on the phone with her boyfriend when she dropped them, and her cell phone records indicate his call came in at 1.38 p.m., So we know it wasn't earlier than that. Okay, got it. Libby calls her dad. And of course, Derek agrees to take the girls home once he's done with his business over in Frankfurt. So there's no set in stone time as he's not exactly sure when he will be done. But the plan is solid. He will call them when he's close enough so they have time to walk across the park to the parking area for him to pick them up. And he estimates the time will be between 3 and 3.30 p.m. so that Libby knows to watch for his call. Okay. So a couple of hours. Yes. For them to have fun, take pictures. Yeah. So that means at approximately 1.40 p.m., Kelsey drops the girls off at 1 of the entrances to the Monon High Bridge Trail. I have to say, I hate trails that have multiple entrances. They make me super uncomfortable because it's like a fucking haunted corn maze to me. Like, you never know when someone is going to point, like, come popping out. And I, when I'm, when I'm hiking or walking on a trail, if I'm only with one other person or if we're doing this for exercise and we, we have headphones on or it's very disorienting when somebody like pops out of nowhere. Yeah. I have screamed and scared the shit out of people before because I, I just, and I'll tell myself at the beginning of the trail too, that I know that there are like four separate ways in and I know when I'm getting close to a place, but every time I fucking tune out (laughs) right before. I, that would have been the end of me. It rattles me. It, it, like, gets my heart beating faster. Mm -hmm. So the area Kelsey drops him off is an unofficial parking area. And she didn't notice anything unusual when she dropped them off. 
Yeah. She dropped them off. It's across from the Mears Farm, not not in the Freedom Bridge parking area. So it was closer to where they need to be or where they wanted to be. Okay. And like a big good sister, she watches Libby and Abby walk until they reach the trail before she leaves. Yeah. See what I mean? Like you're checking off every single box of what we do and how we teach our kids to be safe and how we were raised by our parents to stay safe. And we have checked every single box. At approximately 2.05 p.m. And these are approximates because Snapchat. But they're pretty close to accurate times. So at approximately 2.05 p.m., Libby posts a picture of the Monin High Bridge to her Snapchat story. Okay. Do you have Snapchat? Not anymore. Neither do I. But for anyone who doesn't have Snapchat or doesn't know Snapchat... It's an app that mostly teens use uh, and also a lot of creeper old dudes. So beware if you've got a teenage daughter using it and question any of your older male friends and relatives who have Snapchat because it is not normal for a grown man to have Snapchat and it would not be for any good purpose. Yes, yes. So when you take a picture on Snapchat, you can send it to your friends or you can post it to your story and it disappears after a short amount of time. In the case of your story, it disappears after 24 hours. So people can only see it for 24 hours. You can save a picture someone has sent you, but your story disappears from public view after that 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Another cool feature is that you can see who looked at your story And Snapchat lets you know if anyone took a picture of that story. So anyways, Libby posts this really cool picture of an empty Monin High Bridge. Indicating that like that's where they were at in that Mm -hmm. moment. And it really it's very artistic. Like I could totally picture printing that out and framing it and putting it on a wall. I was very impressed that a 14 year old they were into, they were into photography and nature and they very were. They, they very were. I is writer. Very were. Yeah. Hey, I am writer. I went college, have degree. Word. Two minutes later, she posts a picture of Abby on the bridge it's a really sweet picture I'm not looking I don't want to look I can't it's too much for my heart yeah Abby is looking down in the picture because the drop is huge and most people are terrified walking across the bridge Mm -hmm. you have to pay attention to your footing because it's it is old the there are big boards. There are some missing. There are some that are unstable. Yeah. It's crazy. So in this picture, Abby appears to be taking it slow and easy. But it's just a snapshot. And mm-hmm. um, moment in time. So I get just the impression that I'm taking from her body language. Mm-hmm. At the very end of the bridge, though... There's a shadow that looks like it could maybe be a person that's starting 
across the bridge. A lot has been made of this shadow, but none of it has been confirmed. What we do know is that at some point after this picture, Libby starts recording. Okay. And she and Abby start off talking mostly about girl stuff, but then they mention the man behind them on the bridge. Fuck. Oh. So something about I don't like the and made and she had the wherewithal to start recording on her phone and then to hold it up and get footage of him. Wow. Yes. It's not much, but there's footage of him and we'll post that. Everyone needs to look. It's fucking ridiculous to me that we have an image of this man and an audio of him speaking, but we still do not know who he is four years later. Uh, uh, In this. Somebody, Somebody knows. Yes. In this, he's not close. The image is not as clear as we would like it to be. But if that were my dad, my brother, my husband, I would know. Yeah, you know their gait. You know the way they walk. You know the way they look down. You just know. There's enough there to recognize someone. A second and a half of him walking has been released to the public. But it should be enough if you know this man for you to be able to identify him. Right. He doesn't appear to be going slow or gingerly across this bridge. He's just got his hands in his pockets. Yeah. Somebody knows. To me, it looks like he's been on the bridge before. Yeah. Or or maybe just others like it. He knows how to walk a bridge is what I'm saying. So he's known as Bridge Guy or BG. He's looking down, but he's still moving faster than I would on the bridge. Unless I was running from someone. Yeah. I mean, he looks very confident. Like, it doesn't look like he's being ginger. Just hands down, or head down, hand in pocket, blue jacket. Looks like maybe a page boy hat or something he's got on. Right. Him heading toward them gives them really no option because the end of the bridge is really the end of the trail. Yeah. It doesn't lead anywhere. There's wilderness behind them. There's private property. You would have to go off trail and onto private property to get away from him. The girls actually discuss their options because you'd have to pass them on the way across the bridge. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that picture of Abby, like if you're unsure about a guy, you not want to be passing him when you cannot look at him or be alert, right? When you have to be looking down at your feet. And if you're just unsure about him, you're not going to want to go off trail it because the terrain is rough. There's a creek at the bottom that you would have to cross. It's a lot of work when you're not being chased, when you're just uncomfortable enough that you need Mm -hmm. to get someone on video but 
you realize, you know, oh, maybe maybe he's just some weird guy, you know, like maybe this isn't what we think it is. Clearly, their instincts told them that this guy was not cool. Right. He has a slow meandering pace sort of across the bridge, but he's also not he's not racing after them. Right. Libby listened to her instincts. She knew something was not right. So she started recording and she kept recording. Thanks to Libby, we also have his voice. When he crosses the bridge and reaches them, this is what he says to them. Down the hill. Down the hill. Guys, down the hill. Down the hill. And we'll go over all of that when we talk about the evidence and things in the next episode. Right now, we're sticking to the timeline. At 3.11, Derek, Libby's dad, calls to let her know that he's close. That call goes unanswered. You're talking, what, 90 minutes? Right. I'd be a bit panicked at this point. Probably more pissed, like I told them to be here. and Right. It wasn't like Libby not to answer. Yeah. So I'm sure there is that concern there. But also Delphi, and they've been to this park hundreds of times. So you're not, I, you don't really, that concern isn't at an amplified area probably just yet okay it's a hard this is hard when you're talking about like girls my daughter's age right you know my niece's age you know i would be beside myself there's so much to unravel here and they deserve all the time that we can we can give them because we're only a third of the way through this story and My heart is broken for these brave, adventurous girls. Best friends out somewhere that everyone felt safe and everyone hung out at and nothing had ever happened before. Yeah. Okay. We'll pick it up next week. Stay safe out there. Yes. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.